This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, August 3rd, 2014. Even when you're different, Jesus loves you. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for this day, a day that you've set aside for us to learn more about you, to hear your word, to be in relationship with one another. So we thank you for that. And uh, I ask, Lord, that you remove any distractions that might be in our heads right now so that we can really focus on whatever you have for each one of us. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. Well, today we are doing a two-week series, a two-part series, tying in with the Vacation Bible School theme, Weird Animals. And... um, We are going to explore Jesus loves you even when. That's what weird's all about. Jesus loves you even when, and today, it's even when you're different. Even when you're different. You know, it's um, it's funny how long some things will stick with you, especially negative things, embarrassing things, humiliating things. I remember my dad telling me a story from when he was a kid. Now, uh, my dad was born in 1921, so uh, he was in school right there during the Depression. His family, um, it was a tough time, so his family qualified for free lunch. Now, he'd never been in the lunch line before, so he didn't know how the system worked, so he just went in, in the line to, to get his lunch, or so he thought, until the woman pointed him out and said, no, son, you're in the wrong line. The free lunch line for the poor kids is over here. Well, that's kind of embarrassing. That's kind of humiliating, so much so that he didn't get in that line and never did ever again. I'm not sure what he did for lunch, but it sure wasn't the free one in the line that he was pointed out to. You know, um, I can only imagine how humiliating that must have been because I think he was only about 10 at the time. Here's the thing, though. I was hearing about it when he was a grown man with three kids, probably 30, 40 years after the fact things really stick, don't they, when you're made to feel different? Well, maybe something like that has happened to you. Maybe you felt different, or somebody's made you feel different, or you've got some tapes in your head that aren't true, but you've been feeling other than everybody else. Yeah, maybe it wasn't a lunch line, but Maybe it was where you came from, where you grew up, what side of the track, so to speak, you grew up on. Maybe your family was a little bit different than other families around you. Maybe your mom or your dad had a job that was different. Um, Maybe it's how you looked, how you talked. Maybe it's uh, what you wore, color of your hair, the way you... um, talk, where you went to high school, where you went to college, or that you didn't finish school or go to college. Maybe it was a church you went to. I don't know. Maybe it was a group that you wanted to be a part of and you felt on the outside. I think from one time or another, all of us 
have felt like an outsider. All of us have felt different, especially when those around us have kind of cast that upon us so that we're aware of it. A lot of stories in the Bible about people who are different. The one we'd like to focus on this morning comes from Luke 17, 17th chapter of the book of Luke. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus is going through the, the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except, except this foreigner? And then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your, your faith has made you well. When we read scripture, when we study the Bible, it's always important to put it in the context that it was intended. So let's talk about the disease of leprosy that these 10 people had. Leprosy, it's a horrible disease. It's a skin condition. It caused deep scarring. It caused, it caused this decay. People who had leprosy often didn't feel anything because the nerve endings were also destroyed. So even pieces of flesh and fingers and toes and different things would not be there because they didn't even feel that and stuff, just their bodies were rotting away. So you can imagine how horrible that was for the person, for the leper, but also how different that was for those who saw the leper, you know, disfigurement and all that kind of stuff. And so it was quite a, a horrible situation on both sides. Well, since leprosy was highly contagious, rules for separating lepers from the general population were in place for everyone's uh, uh, health, to safeguard everyone's health. In fact, if you look back in the Old Testament, I think it's uh, Deuteronomy, there are a lot of rules and regulations about separation of the lepers. Unfortunately, unfortunately, those rules could be very humiliating for those with the disease. They were, these people were banished from healthy people's presence and, and forced to live in, in communities with other lepers. Often it was in isolated caves. And, and then when lepers happened to be in the larger community, they were required to wear a bell and then ring the bell to alert people of their presence. When a healthy person encountered a leopard, they were supposed to call out, leper, unclean, so the other people around would be aware of the situation. In fact, lepers themselves were supposed to call out, unclean, in such a situation. Sometimes out of fear, people threw stones at the lepers. Um, and when they thought they might be getting just a little, little too close. Can you even imagine what it was like to live with that? I, it, I mean, it, it was horrible. Those with leprosy, you know, not only had a physical thing, but think about what it, how it tore them up inside. 
They felt unwanted, unloved, felt isolated and alone, and in a word, the word that we're using today, different. They felt different, different from everybody else, except for those that they had to live in community with, and even all those were different in their sameness of having leprosy. We can only imagine the desperation in their voice as they called out to Jesus. You see, Jesus was passing through, Scripture says he was passing through from between Samaria and Galilee on his way to Jerusalem. And here's these 10 lepers longing, can you imagine, just longing to be with their families. I mean, they were not allowed to be with anybody. And so they know Jesus Christ is coming to town and they stood in a distance, from a distance, Scripture tells us. And they called out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Mm. Scripture tells us that they kept their distance perhaps from Jesus. Perhaps it was because that's what they were used to. That was the system. You know, keeping their distance is what they'd been trained to do. Perhaps they were afraid they might scare Jesus off. Perhaps they knew that he had the power to heal them from a distance. Whatever the reason, they kept their distance, and, and he kept his. Now, who knows why? Perhaps it, would, it may have been strange for them to have him break that barrier. Whatever the reason, here's the thing, he didn't need to touch them, to heal them. Jesus can heal with a word or two, even at a distance. And what he did is he told them to see the priest. And why? Well, that was the requirement, the scriptural requirement with someone with leprosy in order to rejoin the community. It was the priest who would pronounce someone, whether they were clean or unclean, and unclean you were, separated you from the community. It was the priest who determined whether the person would be separated from the community or allowed to rejoin. It was the priest who decided who was different when it came to this horrible disease. So as we take a look at this scripture, we find that Jesus tells them to show themselves to the priest even before they're healed. I think that's kind of interesting. All right, go to the priest. But here's what happened. Did you catch it? On their way to the priest, like they believed they followed Jesus' instructions. So on the way, Jesus healed them. On the way. You see, they had faith in Jesus, faith of Jesus's power, faith of Je in Jesus's healing. And as they cried out for help, they had faith that Jesus would minister to them in their time of need. And so they followed his instructions. And on the way, before they ever got there, he was healed. They were healed. It's also interesting to note that that once they were healed along the way, just one returned to say thank you. Just one. One out of ten. And the one who returned, as it points out, I mean, you always have to say, why does it say this and why doesn't it say something? It points it out, and he was a Samaritan. In other words, he was a, a foreigner, someone from the neighboring territory, a member of the group that was actually hated by the Jews. A group many people, many Jewish people would have been very challenged to see Jesus having any part of. 
It was the foreigner, then the outsider among the outsiders <laughs> that returned to say thank you to Jesus. Just one returned. You know, I think I'm guilty of that sometimes, where I pray to God or I call out to God and, Lord, have mercy, or can you handle this situation, or can you take care of this? Please, God, I, I'm lifting my heart up to you. And then something happens. I feel like the Lord's intervened, and then I don't say thank you afterwards. Have you ever experienced that? We try really hard when somebody is having surgery in this congregation, to, we try to pray with you or one of the pastoral staff pray with you, and we try to follow that up with a thank you God when we know that it's all over. But so often, we cry out, but then we're like the other nine, and we just keep on. I um, kind of had a, a real example of this um, on Friday. So many of you know that uh, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he had surgery in the beginning of June and he just had his follow-up with the oncologist. And we were hoping for a different uh, report. And what we found on Friday is that the cancer has indeed spread to his liver. And so this hope that we had here kind of got shifted, and this is a much bigger, even more serious thing. So on the way, though, to the doctors, we got in the car and we're praying, God, you know, thank you. Uh, get us there safe. We're crying out to you. We know that you know everything, and it's in your hands. So then we hear the news, and... Uh, my dad's a believer, so that's an awesome thing. So we were in the doctor's office, and we said, okay, God, thank you that the doctor caught this. Thank you that he didn't have the appointment four weeks ago because the cancer wasn't there because it's that aggressive. So thank you, and we're trying to thank God, and we are thanking God for the, the things that are good and the fact that God is good all the time no matter what. So that's, I think, our challenge to all of us to in the midst of joy, it's like, oh yeah, thank you, God. But even in the midst of a tough, tough life, very difficult times, to try to find an area where we can still have gratitude and to thank God for those things and those blessings that we experience in the midst of our pain. You know, healing the lepers is just one of many, many examples of Jesus' uh, being there for those who are different, those who are separated, those who are isolated, those who are apart. Um, one of many examples of Jesus being there for the least and the last and the lost. So here's the question for, for us this morning, for you this morning. In what way are you different? Yeah, we're all different in some way. What separates you from those around you? Your family, your friends, your community, your workplace, your school place, whatever. What is it that makes you feel alone, apart, at odds? Could it be a medical condition? Could it be an economic condition? 
Could it be a social situation? It could be, you know, one of many, many, many different things. The good news, though, in all this is no matter how different you feel, how different society or this person or that person tells you you are, the bottom line is this. Jesus loves you, this I know. Sing it with me. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I love that song. It's just basic because it's the truth. Yeah. No matter what we're experiencing, no matter how different we feel or how people make us feel, you know, isolated or alone, we've got somebody who loves us so much that he died for us, came for us. Jesus knows the pain and separation in our lives. Jesus knows the isolation we feel. We all have this need for Jesus. Every single one of us. That's how we're the same. We have this need. We might not have leprosy, but we have one kind of need for another, and our only answer, our only cure is our Savior. So the lepers called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Mercy on us. You know, have compassion on us. Show some kindness, some caring. Help alleviate our distress, Lord. We all need a little mercy now and then, don't we? So here's the thing about that statement, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What about you? Are you ready to call out his name? Jesus. There's no name like Jesus. Jesus. Are you ready to call out that second name, though? Because it wasn't just Jesus, but they point out his relationship to them, Master. Master, that means number one in my life, the one who guides me, the one who I follow, Master. Wow. Are you ready to call him Master of your life? Maybe you've done it in the past. Maybe you need to do it again. Maybe you need to do it today for the first time. And are you ready to ask him to have mercy on you? Do you need some mercy today? You know, the lepers did that. Called him by name. Called him by who he was relationally, master, and then shared their need. And the thing is, he heard their cry. Heard their cry. He responded to their call. He, he brought healing to their hurting. So what about you? Are you ready to cry out in desperation for the one who can bring healing to your hurting? Who will be there no matter how different you feel, no matter how different you might be? I was at Camp Acomath with some campers uh, doing a Bible study with them this week, and one of the, one of the, one of the counselors, and to one question, uh, why, why is Jesus so important? He said, well, you know, you might be alone, but you'll never be lonely again. Wow. 
He said a mouthful. Are you ready to never have to be lonely again, even though you might be alone? Are you ready for that relationship with Jesus? Are you ready to call out his name, to call him master? Are you ready to just say, be a part of my life? Here I am, be a part of my life. It's that easy. All we need to say is, okay, God, I claim you. You chose me. I'm choosing you. I'm sorry, God. I love you. If you want to do that today or if you want to talk to somebody about that, uh, Linda and Esther are back there. They'd love to pray with you about that. So it occurred to me this morning something that we've been talking about feeling alone or different and isolated and all that kind of stuff, but we're really all the same because Jesus breathed life into us and we are adopted into Jesus' family. So we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. That's some good news. Yeah, yeah, I think that's worth uh, saying thank you, God, for that. And this morning, a scripture came to mind. It's Ephesians 1, verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So yeah, we might look different, we might have different backgrounds and this and that, but we are all one in Jesus Christ. His blood covers all of us, and that makes us all the same, one in Christ. That's some good news. And that's what we're going to celebrate today as we experience Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.